Hey there, and welcome to Wise Women. I'm your host, Andrea. I'm a mama, wife, book lover, coffee lover, and just your everyday woman who's seeking after Christ. Come along with me as we discover deep truths in God's Word, discuss common struggles among Christian women, and build a community to help hold one another accountable. If you're looking for a place to hear real, raw truth and honesty from Scripture, then this is definitely the place for you. So, grab your Bible and maybe a journal and pen, and join me as we dive into today's topic. Hey friends, and welcome back for another week of Wise Women. I want to start this week off by sharing a little bit of my life in the last week or two, and just make things as relatable as possible for you. So last week we talked about our thoughts and taking our thoughts captive and bringing them into a place of judgment and then replacing those thoughts with thoughts of truth and things from the word. And no sooner than I finished recording and Our youngest, who is almost five months, came down with whatever this crud is that's going around. So our oldest is sick. Our youngest is now sick. My husband is starting to get sick. And this isn't the kind of sickness where it's just like a little cough here and a little, you know, a little sniffle there. Like this is the kind of sickness where they were running. The oldest one was running a fever every day. Youngest one was so congested. There was times where I was worried about her breathing and I kid you not for the last week and a half, every night I probably got maybe two and a half, three hours of sleep. And if you're anything like me, then running on little sleep is not good for you. Like I mentally face new battles that I normally wouldn't face because of lack of sleep. And So I was in a place of being easily attacked every day from the enemy. And let me just be real with you. The thoughts started coming. They, they were just rolling, you know, negative thing after negative thing. And so I remember I was laying and I was rocking one of my, one of the girls, I don't remember which one, all the days and nights start to blur together after a while. Um, I was rocking one of them to sleep and Brian was walking the other one around trying to get her to sleep. And I just remember it was like day three and I was beyond exhausted. And I just sat in that rocker and I just cried and cried and cried and just prayed, you know, God, why, why is this so hard? Like, why is sickness so hard? And I just, in that moment, it was like my brain was like, hey, Andrea, this isn't something that's physical. Don't forget that. While yes, our bodies were being attacked, our minds were the things that were really under attack. And so I got the biggest one put down to sleep and I walked out to my husband and I grabbed our youngest and, you know, he was frustrated. I was frustrated. I was tired. He was tired. And I just looked at him and I said, this isn't a physical battle. This is a spiritual battle. And I'm not sure why we're being attacked right now spiritually, but this is a spiritual battle. We have to remember that. And 
um, we did have a, a speaking a place a church that we had to speak at this past week and so I do think that that is a big reason why we were spiritually attacked um, I there's some things you just can't explain you know but I say all that to say that I don't ever want you to think that just because I'm doing this podcast that I'm any different than you or that I've mastered any of these topics because I struggle on the daily. Uh, I, I definitely struggle. I, I have the same struggles just as you. And so all week I have been practicing exactly what I had to share with you. And I had to constantly every day, sometimes multiple hours of the day, I had to capture my thoughts and bring them back to a place of judgment before they took a hold of me. It was not easy. There were times that I wanted to just cower down to the pressure of the negative thoughts and the pity party, but at the end of the day, um, I had to do what I had to do. Both children and my husband were sick, and so I had to had to put on my fighting pants and grab my sword and had to start fighting it. And I'm glad that I did because it. I feel like the week could have been a lot worse had I bowed down to those negative thoughts that I was thinking. It can be incredibly easy to be overtaken in our thoughts, in our sins, in our habits, and our lifestyle. And if you're anything like me, then it's literally a daily battle of wanting to do right, but falling short every single day. And that's normal. We're human. We're going to fall short every single day. We're going to have a battle that we have to fight every single day. It's just part of That's part of it. That's part of the Christian walk. You know, when Adam and Eve first ate of the tree in the garden, um, that's that's the curse that was put on us. We have no way of escaping that except by Jesus' blood and accepting him into our heart. Today we're going to talk about something that doesn't really have a topic name, I don't think, Um, but I know it's something that we can all relate to. And I feel like with the holidays coming, this is the perfect time to discuss this because we all want to be jolly. We all want to present ourselves as put together and, you know, everything's happy, happy, gory, everything's good. Um, and, but I know deep down, if you're like me, you're probably just putting on a fake smile at some point and you're just fighting through the battles. So... <laughs> It's not really a topic, but when literally it feels like life is just a never-ending battle and it's a punch after punch after punch, what do we do when that battle just keeps raging? Maybe it's marriage problems that never seem to end. It feels like it's a constant fight every single day. It's something new every day, something, some problem every single day that you're fighting. Maybe it's an infertility battle that you have prayed and prayed and prayed about for years and you just don't feel like the Lord hears you anymore. Maybe it's financial financial stress that you just can't see your way out of. You're doing everything right and you just keep trying to get ahead, but it's like one thing breaks down after another. If it's not the washer, then it's the AC. And if it's not the AC, then it's the refrigerator. And, you know, the price of everything is increasing. And so maybe it's financial stress. Um, maybe a mental illness that you just can't, you feel like you can't win. Or maybe it's you're you have a mental illness and you just can't seem to get the medication right. 
And so it's just a constant battle of defeat. A situation you so badly want to get out of or an escape and just be over with, but it just feels like it's being dragged out and it's never ending. Maybe you've gotten a recent medical diagnosis and you just weren't expecting it. Or maybe you've had the diagnosis and it's not getting any better and it just keeps getting worse. Or maybe it's just a daily sin or temptation that you deal with every single day and you just keep losing to it every single day. It's so easy to get caught up in the struggles of this life. And if we're not careful, we can only see the negative things and be defeated by the negative things. I'll share a story with you of... One, this past week, it was just, it felt like one thing after another for us. And we were faced with the choice of, are we going to be defeated by this? Or are we going to, are we going to push through this and overcome it? Um, But I want to share with you what happened to us this past summer when we were preparing for the birth of our youngest, Maddie. So we have a small business and we were trying to get everything squared away with the legal aspects of it and applying for our business license and all that. And it was like, I kid you not, it was like the hardest thing trying to get that business license. And for so many, it's so simple, but for us, it was like, we had to jump through hoop after hoop after hoop after hoop. And so we're doing this like the week prior to me going into labor and we're fighting this battle and we're trying, literally trying to jump through hoops to get um, our business license. And I go into labor, we're at the hospital, um, in the middle of all that, we kind of were basically told that like, you can either get your equipment off your property or, you know, we can give you a fine and pretty much shut you down. Um, now, might not sound like a lot to you guys, but our small business is the only income that we have right now, um, which is, it's the only income that we need, but that's all we have. And so we were literally on our way to the hospital receiving an email saying basically, you're going to be fine if you can't get your equipment off your property and put it somewhere else. And, you know, we could have, we have the potential to shut you down. And so we're trying to work through that while we're in the middle of labor on the way to the hospital and get to the hospital, have Maddie, everything's great. Everything's going wonderful. Two hours after, exactly two hours after we have her, I'm in the recovery room and I begin in so much pain and I didn't know it at the time, but I was hemorrhaging. And so we're working through that. It's like an hour ordeal before they finally get me to the operating room. And in the middle of all this, Brian is still trying to deal with the business aspect of of our business. And so he's trying to email people and get things sorted out. And I'm being wheeled away down a hallway, leaving my newborn baby and my husband not knowing what's going to happen. And honestly, I was in so much pain and I was being put under so much pain medication that I really wasn't thinking at all. Like I was just, I don't want to say that I was numb and empty, brained, empty thoughts, but I was. I, all I could think was, 
get this pain away, stop this pain from happening. I was in so much pain. And, um, I come back, that procedure was like an hour and, um, I get back and I get rested and all that. And when I come back to Brian, he, I could tell he was a totally different person when I came back. And I could see the fear that was all over him. I could see he was excited to see me and happy that I was okay, of course. <laughs> but I could see the dread and the fear that just overtook his face. His countenance was totally different. And it wasn't until a couple days later that we had the conversation of what exactly happened and we had some time to process everything because at that point, you know, we were both exhausted. We'd been at the hospital for several hours and my body had went through so much stress after labor and hemorrhaging. And so it wasn't until a couple of days later that we were processing everything and talking through things. And I had Maddie on Monday. And so it was about Wednesday when we finally were discussing things and he had to go do some work and in between Monday night and Wednesday he was still dealing with the situation that we were trying to work out and I remember thinking to myself God we this is all we have this is the only income we have we literally just had our second baby what are you doing what 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 is going on right now in our life like what what is this and it's one of those things that it was just strange like we know so many small business owners and we're friends with so many and we're it the process was so simple for them and it was so strange because we were just like what is why is this so hard for us why is this why is it fighting us and um, we came back, he came back after running some, doing some work and we had the conversation of, you know, what really happened and, um, everything that went down with my body and the things that the doctors had told him and how, you know, he had to sign papers of, you know, if I were to need a hysterectomy or a blood transfusion or whatnot. And he was signing all these papers and, and we just kind of had the conversation of why are these things happening to us right now? Why are things so hard? And we never got answers. We really didn't. Um, I The only thing I can think is that it was just another step of growing our faith and growing our dependence on him. Some things are just unexplainable, and we'll never know the answer until we get to heaven. Um, I don't have all the answers. I never will. Only Jesus does. But I want to share some scripture with you today in hopes that you will be encouraged with whatever battle you're facing and that you can find comfort in God's word. I don't know what you're facing. I only know what I'm facing and what my husband is facing and what our family is facing. But I know that each of you have 
a circumstance that you need God to move in in your life. And so we do have a lot of scripture we're going to cover today. And so I hope you have your Bible with you or that you can take some notes because it's a lot of scripture and it's really good scripture. And I'm, I'm praying that I can connect it all together for you in a way that just brings encouragement to you. Let's pray before we get started and before we start reading scripture. God, I just thank you for my sisters in Christ that chose to tune in today. And I pray that what you've shared with me and what you've put on my heart to share with them, I pray that it is spoken clearly to them. I pray that it brings them encouragement in their circumstance. And I pray more than anything that in this season of Christmas and in this season of joy, that we can turn our eyes to you and find true joy. And that we can just be reminded of your goodness and your faithfulness in this season. I ask that you would just speak through me for the next few minutes and help the message to be clearly expressed to the women. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to start out in Philippians 4.11. I'm not going to do as much um, scripture breaking down as I have been doing, just because I, I didn't feel that that was a, not, not appropriate. It's always appropriate, but I just didn't feel led to do that this, for this episode. Sorry, I'm trying to pull myself together here. So Philippians 4.11, this is Paul speaking in a letter to the church of the Philippi. And he says, not that I, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, wherewith to be content. Content in this scripture means to be sufficient. And sufficient, according to the Webster's 1828, means to be enough. And he's saying, I have learned that whatever condition I'm in, whatever state I'm in, whatever it is, I've learned just to, that it's enough that it's sufficient, that it's okay. And you might be thinking to yourself, okay, but Paul wrote that. Paul's literally like a saint. Yes, Paul did write this, but I want to remind you of where Paul was when he wrote this. Paul was in prison when he wrote that wherever I, whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I don't know about you, but I I can safely say that I am not a strong enough Christian that if I were to be sitting in a jail cell being persecuted for sharing the gospel of Christ, that I could sit there and write a letter and say, hey, I'm content. I'm sufficient. This is enough for me. I'm not strong enough to be able to say that. He was sitting in a jail cell while he did that. But can I tell you today that the only difference between us and Paul is a different era of time. He was human, just like you and me. He was a sinner, just like you and me. He walked the earth with the same struggles, temptations, and battles, just like you and me. But he purposed in his heart that his life would be devoted to Christ. And he never turned back from that decision. God can use us just like he used Paul. But we have to allow ourselves to be used. I truly think that Paul was able to pen these words because he learned what James wrote in James 1 verses 2 through 4 we're going to read 
My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her per- perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And we're also going to look at verse 12. So James 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. The first scripture, the scriptures, um, verses 2 through 4, it's saying, hey, brothers, consider it a joy when you are faced with temptation. Because know this, that when you're faced with temptation, that's going to try your faith. And when your faith is tried, it's going to bring about patience. And let patience have her perfect work. Perfect here means like mature, complete, whole. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. I can look back over my testimony and over my life and see where God did exactly this. He worked my faith. When I stepped away from teaching, that was a step of faith. But it took patience because I prayed for months with no answer of what to do. Months, it felt. It was months, actually. Um, But I worked, I prayed for months. And that built so much patience in me because I had to wait on God. I, I had to wait for him to give me that answer. I, I wanted so eagerly just to, to jump on it and make my own choice. But I knew that if I did that, that I would be completely wrong. And I would be stepping out of what his will was for my life. And so with that faith, with stepping out on that faith, he chose to work patience in my life. And I can honestly say that where I am right now in my life, that I am in a state of contentment and wanting nothing because I, I personally, and I'm not, I'm not bragging by any means. I'm, I'm, the glory all goes to God, but I feel like right now with where we are in our season of life, we are in the, where God wants us to be. And because we're where God wants us to be, I have want for nothing. There's nothing that I want. My desires are his desires right now, whatever that might mean. But that patience comes when our faith is tried. And I do think that if we allow God to put us in a place where our patience can be tested and tried and our faith can be grown, that we will get to a place where we desire nothing, where we can be just like Paul and we can be content with where we are because we understand that whatever comes into our life has passed through the hands of God. I I fully believe that we can get to that place. It just takes a hundred percent trust in God, which is hard. It is so hard. Um, verse 12, I'll read it again. It says, blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to him that love him. Blessed is that man that endures temptation. That's hard to believe when we're in the middle of that that trial, when we're in the middle of those struggles. It's hard to believe that. While we don't want to see trials and temptations as a good thing, God has a purpose for all things, good and bad. When we fall into, into a temptation, we consider it 
we should consider it a good thing because our faith has a chance to grow through it. God allows certain things to happen in our lives to mold us and chasten us to be more like him. I know it doesn't feel good in the moment when God is changing us and chastising us and taking us to the woodshed, so to speak, and giving us a good old-fashioned beating, but that's needed. If we're going to become more like him, it, it is needed that he breaks us in the places that we need to be broken, and he molds us in the places where we need to be shaped. And it doesn't feel good, and I agree. And those trials, they, they can be so hard, and they can be never-ending, it feels like. But we have to remember that God God has our greater good in mind at all times. He wants nothing but the good best for us. He's a good Father who loves us. And who, would, who wouldn't allow something to come into our life? Unless it had a purpose and unless it was going to make us better in the long run. I I do want to stop right here though and say that while yes, God knows everything that comes into our life and it passes through him. Not everything that happens in our life is necessarily because of God. At the end of the day, we are given a free will. We are given a choice and a chance to choose things. And so sometimes, and I'm not saying all the time, but there are some circumstances where we put ourselves in messes that God never intended for us to be in. Did he know it would happen? Yes. But sometimes by our own lust, our own foolishness, our own desires, we are driven away from God's will and we put ourselves in places that God never intended for us to be. God can make something of it, yes, and God can use it for his glory, yes, but there's times where we put ourselves in in the wrong places, and so just remember that, that sometimes we need to assess ourselves and ask ourselves, you know, did I, did I get myself into this situation, or were things forcibly put into place to bring this to happen, um, because it was part of God's will. When our faith is tried and we don't understand why and things are out of our control, naturally our patience is going to be expanding during those trials. Patience and faith grow best in unforeseeable, uncontrollable circumstances that only God can move in. I've had to learn that the hard way. There were times when I thought my patience was being tested. There were times when I thought my faith was growing. But it wasn't until we were in situations that were out of our control and that were unforeseeable that my faith and my patience truly, honestly grew in the Lord and that I began to rely on him. When, for example, exactly when we were, when I was hemorrhaging and when we were in the midst of everything that we went through this summer, Both of those situations were unforeseeable and uncontrollable. But in those moments, I chose to trust that God had a greater plan for whatever it is that we were going through. I I still don't know why we went through that. Again, not a clue. The only thing that I could tell you is that it was another step of us depending on him. That's the only answer that I could possibly in my human brain come up with. 
But we should count ourselves blessed that God loves us enough to allow things to come into our lives that would mold us and shape us into who he has created us to be. We are blessed because we are allowed to endure temptations. Sometimes it just takes flipping the switch in our brain to see and understand and to realize that this is a positive thing, not a negative thing. Sometimes we have to, just like we talked about last week, we have to train our brain. We have to we have to make the thoughts be good thoughts. We have to replace them with the truth. And if we know that God works all things together for those who love him, for the greater good, then we can we can find blessing in those temptations because we know that, hey, I know that God is molding me in this. It hurts, yes. It's painful, yes. I don't understand it, yes. But I know that God has a reason for this. And I just think about how much I love my girls and how I would literally move mountains if I could to make them be the best that they could possibly be. Now, I'm not saying give them everything that they need and everything, not need, but give them everything they want and, you know, be a little genie for them. That's not what I'm talking about, but to to be the best versions of themselves that they could possibly be, I would do anything to make that happen. And I just think about how much I love them and I multiply that by like a gazillion because God loves us that much more. And there's things that our our children have to go through that we can't take away for them because we know that it's going to make them better. And I, I mean, I just think about discipline. Like right now we are in the midst of disciplining our oldest. She's about to be three in March and it is so hard in And I say it's hard because it breaks my heart every single time I have to discipline her. But I know that at the end of the day, it's the best thing for her because it's going to teach her so much and it's going to mold her character. And I just think about how much more God loves me and how much more God loves you and that he chastises us for a purpose He chastises us because he loves us and because he can see what's coming down the road when we can't. I want to bring you some encouragement today. And that encouragement is found in 1 Peter 1 verses 6 through 7. It says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, Ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. If only for a season, a needed season, I love that it says that. It says, if need be, a needed season, you are enduring many temptations that try your faith. That trial of faith is much more precious than gold. Think about the most expensive, most valuable thing on this planet that we could possibly buy, that we could possibly hold in our hands and obtain. Ladies, our faith, our trial of faith is much more valuable than that, the scripture says. It says that it's more valuable than precious gold and that it can be found honoring and glory, glorifying to Jesus. 
We go through these trials for a needed season, if it needs to be. And I take that to mean that if if God sees that it's needed to make us be more like him, to trust him more, to be dependent on him more, to love him more, to grow closer to him, then it's needed. And we might not think it's needed, but he is a good father who knows what is needed in our life. And I, I trust that. I want to end with this. It's another scripture from 1 Peter. 1 Peter 4.12. And to me, this is so encouraging. And I, I just pray that it would be encouraging for you as well. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to, ha- which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice. Inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. We suffer because Christ suffered. But ladies, can I encourage you that we, we shall be partakers of glory because he is a partaker of glory. We are going to be filled with joy when we see Jesus. Don't think it's strange that trials are coming at you. Don't think it's strange that all these things are happening to you. Christ suffered so much more than what we will ever suffer. And he suffered on a level much deeper than we will ever understand. But if Christ suffered, who are we to not suffer? Who are we to not have to go through trials? And when I I realized that thought of, who am I to think I don't need this trial? I I don't deserve to have to go through this. Who am I to think that? When Christ laid down his life, he suffered the most painful, agony, shameful death possible. Who am I to think that I am deserving of the, of the absence of a trial? It makes me want the trial that much more because I know that God has a good purpose for it. So think it not strange. Don't, don't think it's weird or be question. I mean, you can question it, but I just think back to the summer when everything happened with us and we were thinking, you know, God, what is this? But don't think it's strange. Realize that God has a reason for it. He wants to mold you in this season. He wants to he wants to change you in this season and make you more like him. And that when he shall return and take us to glory, ladies, all these things are going to disappear. We'll understand why we had to fight the fights we had to fight. We ha- we'll understand why we went through the struggles and the temptations and We'll understand it all and we'll have exceeding joy in Christ because he will make us complete and whole in a way that we'll never experience here on earth. When trials stand tall against us and we feel like we're about to be overtaken by another strike, find comfort in knowing that God is growing your faith, he's growing your patience, and he is providing an opportunity for you to give him glory and praise that he is so, so worthy and deserving of. I think back to times in my life when there were things that happened and I didn't understand them. But looking back, I can see where 
in those seasons, I wasn't giving him the praise he deserved. I wasn't giving him the honor he deserved. I wasn't giving him the trust that he deserved. Um, when I think to the time in our life where, and I shared this with you in our testimony, when we were in transition between churches, I was spiritually dead. I was in a place of dryness, of drought, of want. It was hard for me to find praise in that season. But I can I can see now where I was able to go through that and I was expe- able to experience that drought because now now I am more than willing to give him the praise that he deserves because I've experienced that drought. I've experienced that heartache. I've experienced that longing and that want and that desire for God. And because I was able to go through that, now I have a reason to praise. I have a reason to give him. And he doesn't need a reason. He, he doesn't. He, he deserves the praise just because he is. But in my life, I believe he allowed those things to happen because it has changed my course of worship. It has changed my trajectory and my my ability to worship. I now worship because he's worthy and I see that now. I don't I don't worship him anymore because of my circumstances. I, I'll be honest, I used to worship him because of my circumstances. When things were good, when things were easy, yeah, God, I'll lift my hands, I'll praise you. But when things got hard and I experienced that drought, I learned through that season, he deserves the praise regardless, regardless of what changes or doesn't change or needs to change. He is worthy at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, whether he changes my situation, whether he fixes my marriage, whether he, whether I'm, my infertility problem is fixed, whether my finances are worked out or not, whether this mental illness is taken away from me or not. Regardless of what happens, God is so worthy. He is so worthy to be praised because he is God. Because he made this earth by just speaking it. He made you and me by just breathing life into us. And that is more than worthy of praise, regardless of our circumstances. So when the battles continue to rage, I want to challenge you to practice what we learned last week about our thoughts. Bring those thoughts to a place of judgment and then realize that God has a purpose for your pain and he has a purpose for your trial. He's going to teach us something through it all. But the question is, are we actively looking to learn a lesson and are we actively Seeking him to see how we can be molded to be more like him. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the scriptures that you have revealed to me and that I was able to share with these ladies. I I, I pray, God, that you were able to clearly make known the comfort that you can bring to each lady through this scripture and through this podcast today. I pray for each woman's circumstance, God, you know where they are, you know what they stand in need of. And I just pray that you would help us to turn our eyes towards you. In the midst of all of this, help us to focus on you and help us to see your plan through this. It's in Jesus' name that I pray all of these things. 
Amen. Thank you again for tuning in for another week. I I just want to encourage you. That's all I want to do. I I want to share my life with you in a way that encourages you and just shows you that we're all walking a walk and we're all walking a walk that is challenging at times, but God is so good in the midst of all of it. And we have one another that we can lean on and that we can rely on and that we can turn to for prayer and for encouragement. And I just want to encourage you to keep reading, keep digging in your Bible, keep studying, keep praying, keep talking to friends about scripture. Find friends that want to talk about scripture with you and that want to edify and glorify God with you alongside of you. Um, and I just, I just want to encourage you to do that, especially as this busy season, we enter into this busy season. I know it's so easy to put our scripture reading on the back burner because we have gifts to wrap and family to see and friends to see and food to cook and memories to make. And all of those things are great. But if we don't keep Jesus at the center of it, then all of those things mean nothing. So... I just want to encourage you with that today, and I hope that you have a great rest of a week, and we will meet back here again next week.